It's such good shit. So, um, money in the bank, huh? Yeah. It was okay. I think people like it a lot more than I did, personally. I didn't hate it, though. WWE's really hot right now for some reason. I'm not really liking any of the shit they're doing, but they're getting big pops everywhere they go. Which is it's great. I mean, it makes every show feel way better than it might be. I mean, and they're doing interesting stuff. Yeah, and I mean, the England thing is always, they're always going to get big reactions. Um, so, you know, I do think the potential news of a WrestleMania in England is quite fun. And I, you have to imagine that's mostly to cuck AEW and like just put a bigger crowd in Wembley and show them up. I, I don't think so. They've been tossing this idea around for a few years but they're finally gonna do it suddenly sure but it's not out of nowhere just like what andrew just said they've been getting pops everywhere they go and it feels like now they're on they've got this momentum built up especially with international events so you know they did clash at the castle last year and then they did backlash in puerto rico which isn't technically international but not not domestic in the contiguous in the United States, I guess. Um, there's definitely an appetite for it. And I think they've seen now that there's the money will come in if they do but it. They, so. There's always been an appetite. The last time they went and did a pay-per-view in England, they, you know, did <laughs> Wembley. So. Well, like, that's not true because for decades they were just doing arena shows. They oh, yeah, were only insurrection. aired insurrection and rebellion. But and the last time they stuff. did a major pay-per-view there, one of the four big ones. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I'm all for it, mania being there. Yeah, I think what's enabling it is the fact that they don't have to worry about selling pay per views at three in the afternoon, right? Right. That yeah, changes just... the equation, like the math equation for them. But also for WrestleMania, the show already starts at three in the afternoon. Oh god, like, how early is it gonna have? <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> how early is it gonna have to start? Like ten a.m. for us? I think Triple H has been talking about tightening up WrestleMania as it is. I don't think that they're going to be having three and a half to four hour part one and part two situations. I think it's going to be closer to two and a half to three hours going forward. And it's going to be like this money in the bank show for both nights. Um, Talent doesn't like that, but also there shouldn't. I guess there should be two nights of WrestleMania because of how much shit is going on. But honestly, should there really be that much shit going on? Like, do we need to see Mad Cat Moss wrestle at WrestleMania in like a fucking eight man tag, you know? Like they can it's definitely like there, there are that. guys that I like that will not make the show, but maybe that's what's best because there's too much wrestling right now. But I can also accept the idea that it's only once a year that they have everybody gets on the biggest card and they don't do that for SummerSlam. They don't do it for Royal Rumble. They don't do it for Survivor Series or Money in the Bank. So I can sort of accept like, oh, WrestleMania still feels bigger than those shows, despite the fact that everything gets you know, a big stadium now um, because it's still a two part thing and it feels like the whole weekend is wrestling. Well, it's also a bigger stadium. So it, yeah, it's sure. Physically bigger. It, it's hard to see that when you're watching. Like once it gets over 20,000, it's like this could be 50,000 people or 500 million people. I have no idea. I feel like I can spot a football stadium, but you know, you can tell when own. it's over, say 60, right? 
I get it. Between 20 and like 50, yeah, okay. But once you cross that 50, 60 threshold and you're in an obvious stadium, you can tell. Um, what I was going to say, Andrew, is to your point about, you know, guys like Madcap Moss having a spot on the card or everybody having to be on the card. This year didn't do that as much as in the past. Like, it felt like they tried to limit themselves. Well, and they don't need to do that to get a payday anymore because they don't get paid off pay-per-view buys. So, right, again, so it doesn't matter. Like the economics have changed in a way where it's like, yeah, just, you know, put them on the next live event. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, was there really any filler matches this year? You could argue, like, maybe, like, the women's tag titles. Did they? I don't even know if they got a match. But, like, it's still a they championship. Did. So that's kind of like, eh, it doesn't count. If it's a championship, it matters to somebody. This is a fun segment. Let's pull up. Let's pull up the card and go down and uh, see where the filler was. Um, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I, it just it feels like they've they've gotten better at it. And and yeah, like because people's paydays aren't reliant on being on WrestleMania. You're already doing four or five shows in that town for the week anyway. Just put them on SmackDown. Put them on Raw, right? Like, you can still have yeah, be that's part why we of used to have thing. Velocity back in the day. Wow. It's hard going through this to feel like there's filler because all... Okay, I Night mean, I guess there was the Pat McAfee versus Miz thing, but that was more of like a, a segment. And again, even yeah. that has like a celebrity, a big-time celebrity. Right. The, the filler matches on night one were the... Six no, they're, man they're really tag with the any. women, but is that really filler when it's got Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus and the damage control? That was a no, major that's not match. A filler, yeah, no, there was yeah, no filler. It's You're like, right. it, it, it yeah, good. and then you have the tag team showcase, which kind those of, were kind of filler. But you got to have a spot for the tag teams. No, you don't like need a spot filler. for the tag teams. You need a spot for people to go to the bathroom. Like you practically sure. need a match that nobody has to watch. You do have to have those, and, and but and to those matches credit, they were short, they were fun, and they did what they needed to do and got the yeah, hell out of there. Yeah, if you stayed in your seat, like you got entertained, but you know you didn't have to go back and watch it either. You had enough time to at least get in line at the concession stand. You may not have made it through, but you at least could get there. Yeah, I mean, you, you there wasn't like a Omos versus the Great Kali, like. Even even that match, they made a feel like a big attraction because they put Brock Lesnar in it. They did a really good job of structuring the show that filler wasn't really filler. Right. Well, that was also the opener, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the opener so on like night that one. That can't be filler. It's also or night Brock, two. I mean, I was just off the top of my head thinking about like what thing on that show would I not give a fuck about in my first something thing with Omos. Omos. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> like I don't give a fuck about. Omos. Hey, speaking well, of, where the fuck has he been? He's getting better, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully learning. Mm. Um, Matt, play us in. Yeah, so this is uh, such good shit. It's a wrestling podcast where the three of us, who are brothers, get together and talk about all the things that make professional wrestling such good shit. And apparently we went back to April to talk about WrestleMania, even though this was uh, Money in the Bank. Um, Before we get there, did anybody see, I know none of y'all watch NXT. I barely watch NXT. But did you see the clips of NXT Underground? No. So they brought back Raw Underground and did it on NXT. But there's it's different now. It's more structured. Um, 
and Gable Stevenson made his NXT oh, I did debut. See this. Yeah. And dude was just suplexing the fuck out of guys. And I, I stopped short of saying he looked good, but that's the situation to put him in. Put him in NXT and let him do what he's good at, which is he can suplex people. Yeah, train him. That's still concerning, though. It's been years, and you're saying you're hesitant to say he looked good doing the one <laughs> thing that he should be able to do pretty much perfectly. And I'm not yes. saying I can do I mean, suplex, no, he, but he's an were, Olympic gold medalist. They, they were absolutely, basically perfect. So the problem with Gable Stevenson that I saw in the segment was not the suplexes. It was his ring presence was wonky. It's just still like not there. standing weird. It's he like, still he doesn't he know stands what around. About. Yeah, he stands around like a little kid in the ring like, oh, I'm in here. I'm supposed to go here now. There's a camera. I have to look that like he just doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't he doesn't belong like and it's obvious. It's OK. I mean, he hasn't really been training, right? Because he was doing amateur wrestling still. No, he's been training for three years. No, I thought he was going to go back to the Olympics. So he stopped uh, training. Yeah, but. Off and on for the last three plus years, he's been at the Performance Center. So, like, come on. Yeah, I, yeah, he's going to need to, like, watch wrestling probably to. His brother does a good job. So I don't know what the fuck his problem is. Chad Gable? No, Damon Kemp, NXT. Oh. He's actually good. I, th- I thought his brother was. I thought it was the Gable brothers, not the Stevenson no. brothers. No. Okay. Um. But anyway, I, I like the. F- they it felt like so they took the ropes off the ring right they were just hucking people out of the ring so people were taking some nasty bumps on the outside but it also did alec did it sound like the ring was mic'd up different like it sounded like some like massive hits whenever yeah it was, it was kind of similar to the uh thunderdome like back when they were doing the covid tapings you think it's just because it's empty in there yeah, sound hits different. Yeah. So actually, space. not the Thunderdome. It reminded me of the way they mic'd up the AEW rings during COVID. And I mean, the entire locker room was out there too. So that, and there were no ropes. I mean, look, there's a lot of reasons why it could have sounded weird. I'm not going to watch it ever again. So you know, I don't know how much time we need to necessarily spend on it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're 11 minutes in. We can go ahead and start talking about the pay per view, right? Well, first matchup on the card was the much-anticipated men's money in the bank. The only reason many of us tuned in, um, the match itself was just so dangerous. Did you guys feel like this is one of the most dangerous money in the banks they've ever done? I felt like, well, there was a couple of spots that were incredibly dangerous, mainly with with Logan, Logan Paul. Yeah, and, and he's I willing feel to do bad, like anything. It's crazy. I feel bad for him because I don't think he. I, I think he's willing to do anything, but I don't think that the people making the decisions on what he might do, assuming that it's not just him, have his best interest in mind. Or you know, even if it's his decision, there's clearly nobody backstage being like, "Hey." Maybe don't try that. Maybe well, he's you don't hanging know out enough. with uh, Ricochet a bunch, who is known for you know doing crazy shit. So I just that might not he, be a good influence. He absolutely almost paralyzed himself like twice in this match, and 
at some point somebody has to go up to him and say whether it's him making the decisions on what he wants to try to do or somebody else telling him what they should try to do. Somebody needs to tell him, hey, dial it back. It's cool that they've been able to get a couple of really awesome spots with him, and it feels like they keep escalating it now because they saw what he did at the Royal Rumble, and they saw the reaction it got, so they were like, oh, we should throw him into this match at the last minute and get him to do a bunch of crazy shit. But I don't think that he's fully ready for that. And that's totally fine. He's only been he's only had like five matches. Yeah, I mean the secret is nobody's ready for that. We shouldn't be hurling human beings off of, you know, ladders. If, no, if he but there didn't if they didn't take that table spot to slow him down ever so slightly, he would have probably broke his neck on the outside on the concrete. Well, look, it's still not as bad as what uh Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay did. So, you know, there's that. And and those guys have been wrestling for decades, so yeah, I really like the the text that you sent us. Yeah, you know, let's take an unprotected next spot for a false finish. Why not? I mean, because here's the thing, and this comes with experience, is knowing... Experience is not necessarily just knowing how to do the moves and how to work a match. It's knowing how to protect yourself no matter what the situation is, right? If Logan Paul had worked more... I'm not, I'm not even going to say better trained. He's trained really well. He just needs to do more of it. Um, he would slow down more. That's one of the big things the vets will always tell you. Slow the fuck down. If you think you're going too slow, slow down more. And I think that's his biggest fault right now is he knows in, my, in his head, oh, I got this cool spot we're doing. Oh, there's this cool spot we're doing. And so he's just trying to ping pong to the next thing. And in a Money in the Bank match, that's all it is, is everybody doing the next spot, the next spot, which is dangerous for somebody like Paul, who's not mentally in the place he needs to be, which is take a breather, sell to the camera, sell to the crowd, slow down. Let's make sure we do this safely. I just don't think there's a safe way to take some of the bumps that these guys take off those ladders, in my opinion. That's true. Uh, I'm going to break kayfabe and read the text that I put in the group chat during the show. I said, no spoilers. One of us wasn't watching live. But Logan Paul just ate shit hard. You have to give him a bit of credit. I don't think, based on the way that you watch it, I don't think that Ricochet helped him at all here. I mean, he almost broke his fall, but I really do think that it was Logan Paul knowing to turn himself it looked awkward, but he really just kind of landed on his side. But it was close. It was really fucking close. And when you see somebody that you know isn't like seasoned take something like that, you immediately get pretty scared. Even if it was all him realizing in the moment that he needed to just stop the flip and turn to the side. It still makes you really scared. And I don't really want to see him keep doing that because I don't want to see him like get paralyzed on TV. See, again, you're absolutely right, but I just don't think it's only Logan Paul doing the stupid shit, you know? Oh, no, no, no. Like, he's doing the things that it's like, this is par for the course. It's like, yeah, you know, we do these bumps off these ladders through tables. It's like, okay, cool. When when do I do mine? You know? I mean, shit, you want to talk about unsafe looking spots, uh, just to jump ahead a smidge to the women's, Zelina Vega and Zoe Starks, uh flippy powerbomb thing onto the ladder 
that was scary. That was a fucking bump. Uh, that looks scary, but we need to give credit to Zelina Vega because nobody's ever been able to fucking hit that flip power bomb in a Money in the Bank ladder match, and she fucking That's nailed true. it first try. It actually sure. looks tremendous. It probably hurt like shit. Well, you know why? Whatever. It, it's because of how lightweight she is. The ladders are way more stable when she's flipping off of them, right? When Shelton yeah. Benjamin used to try that spot, it's like, well, he's like two hundred thirty pounds. So he's rocking the fuck out of that thing when he's trying to hit the sunset flip. Yeah, and I then do, the other guy doesn't let go because they know the, the ladder's, ladder's just going to like fall yeah. on them. Yeah. The, well, so there's that. And then also, and it's hard to see on camera sometimes, they've gotten a lot better at making sure that there's somebody holding a ladder a lot when there's a spot. So somebody might be down selling off in the corner, but they've got a, an arm holding a leg of the ladder when there's a big spot happening just is it in some mediocre way to support the, uh, the ladder. There was a few times where I saw Trish do it um, for various things. Um, I feel like in general, they've gotten better at that. At least the women's match. I saw it. The men's, I don't know the men. They were trying to kill themselves. Like, I get that the ladders are fairly flimsy because they hit each other with them and they do spots on them and sometimes they, like, go through them. But could they not, like... Do we not have the technology and the wherewithal to put together a match where some of the ladders are really heavy and can withstand, like, people climbing it and doing stunts off of it and then others are for specific spots because it feels like they're, they they already have certain ladders that are especially gimmicked for some of the spots, so why aren't the ladders that they use to climb just more stable? I just, I don't, I'm sure that there's an explanation. As someone who's it. been involved in a ladder match, uh, I can tell you the ladders that are the heavier heavy-duty ones that you know aren't gonna whatever. You don't want to use those in the ring for a few reasons. Number one, if those fall on you accidentally, they hurt a lot more. Number two, if something happens and somebody is not paying attention and they pick up one of those ladders for a spot that's not involving just climbing it, you can do some serious damage. Um. So also those things are heavy as fuck. So there's a reason why you don't do it. Um, now that said in the ladder matches, the ladder I was in, in, in one ladder match and I've been ringside for a few. We tended to use ladders that were a bit sturdier than what WWE uses. They tend to use the cheapest, least, um, sturdy ladders they can get their hands on. And I get it. Um, we used ones that were um, fiberglass on the sides, so they were a little more sturdier, um, without being the super duper heavy duty ones. So there's kind of an in between that you can go with. I don't know why they choose necessarily not to use those. I'm guessing it's cost and I'm guessing it's because those are better to throw at people. So for example, the ladders that we would use a lot, they were too too, a little too heavy and too sturdy to just pick up and like throw at someone. Yeah, you know, so instead of throwing the ladder at someone, <laughs> you can learn to work. Yeah, I mean, Razor and Sean use like real ladders. You yeah, can well, see they, it in the match. They they're knew, not flimsy. They were professionals. 
somewhere in like the 2000 like six or seven range the ladders just became like that standard steel like thin flimsy ass piece of shit ladder that we see like every single time there's a ladder match now it's very interesting yeah you know they make a lot of interesting choices um yeah, speaking of interesting choices, right? Um, can we talk about the finish? Yeah. So I was the last two minutes were very exciting. It was good fan service, right? Because all of a sudden you got to a scenario where LA Knight was dominating. He was hitting his finisher on what, two or three guys, and then throwing them out of the ring. And you got to that point where everybody cleared, the ladder was set up. And the fans realized, oh, this is it. It's happening. And L.A. starts climbing. And he's got his hands on it. And he starts unhooking. And I was like, oh, my God. We're actually going to do this. And then all of a sudden, Damien Priest slides into frame. Grabs L.A.'s neck. And proceeds to fuck him up. And uh, that was it. It was a very well done ending given the outcome, right? If the outcome was Damien Priest was going to win no matter what, this is as good an ending as you could do, giving the fans something. But, man, was it disheartening. Yeah, it sucks, but it was probably the right choice. Uh, There's a story that they want to tell over on Raw, and it does seem pretty intriguing. The Money in the Bank helps further telling the story the way that they're going to. I think, you know, we talked about it uh, either last week or the week before that, but when we were reviewing this, you know, show in advance and it's, I feel it's unfair to be like, Oh, this sucks now because we all said we would be okay with it. But deep down, it isn't isn't what we wanted. I thought it was LA Knight's time. You don't have guys that over and you got to capitalize. They're really going to have to work hard to keep him as hot as he is because he built up so much momentum and the fans got themselves in a frenzy thinking he was going to win this. And now that he hasn't, it's going to be hard for him to recover now that there isn't something new or big for him to do until like the rumble yeah well i mean we've got summer slam in five weeks but other than but that, what's he gonna do there i mean he could have a market look i've come around on this i actually don't think the right move for la night was to be walking around with the briefcase for six months like I, I just don't think it's the right look for him and i feel like winning the belt with the money in the bank briefcase as we discussed last week generally does not work out well for the performer. Yeah. Um, So it does not have a good track record just statistically. So I would prefer to see LA Knight get into a major program, have a nice marquee match at SummerSlam and keep the momentum building. I think if he got over because of how well he can talk, that's not going away. He's going to keep cutting good promos if they keep giving him the mic. So I'm not worried about the momentum. So, yeah, I've I've come around on the decision, especially after seeing Raw and seeing where they're going with the Damian Priest storyline. I don't like it from the sense of it, it feels like they're going to 
break up the Judgment Day, or at least and they're kind of forcing Damian Priest to be a babyface, which feels weird. I yeah, I'm withholding judgment on that front. I don't. Well, think they anyone's... want a Latin star. That's but what I don't think is. he's That's turning why he baby. Was speaking Spanish in the promo last week. No, I know. I don't think he's turning baby anytime soon. I I think you're gonna. I think this is how how they're getting uh, JD McDonough involved with Judgment Day. I think maybe Finn's going to bring him in and be like, look, I need somebody I, I know I can trust because I don't know if Damien's going to fuck me over or some bullshit. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't think it's the right time to start breaking them up yet. So uh, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. But there's intrigue there. The LA Knight thing, um, Triple H said during the press conference afterwards that, hey, we know that y'all love him. Hold on. Like we're things will happen. Um, and in fact, this very weekend, uh, when they were doing the house shows, uh, guess who had a match with the United States champion? It was LA night. So I'm betting that's where we're going for SummerSlam. Yeah, that's disappointing. He's bigger than the United States Championship. That belt just doesn't have any prestige. Here's the thing, though. I think him him not having money in the bank and having the direct line of the quick, quick and easy, okay, you've got the belt, you're the champ. It's probably better for him to organically continue to grow. Even if that means here's the U.S. title, hold that for three or four months. I think that's where we need to be with him. And I think it makes sense. He's what else? Forty years you, old. I mean, what, what, what else what, could what you are we do, waiting though? for? We, but we know, no matter how over he gets, we saw it with Sami Zayn. We even saw it with Cody. WWE is too stubborn to pull the trigger on a guy that's over, right? When they but got I don't, this bloodline story to, going on, I don't have to work within WWE's confines when I'm fantasy booking shit. I can tell it how it is, and how it is is they should put him in the main event. He will draw agree, a lot of money for the I'm company. Just, I'm just telling you're, you that I you're don't wasting, think that that's going to happen. Okay, that's fine. It's not going to happen very clearly. Matt just gave us the spoiler. What I'm saying is it's the wrong choice. What WWE should do is make money today instead of making money in six months. Sure. That's what I'm saying. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, I, I want to remind everybody. Stone Cold Steve Austin, he got red hot in 1996 and 1997. They didn't give him the belt until 1998. He had a couple of runs mm. with the IC well, title. He broke his neck too. Okay, so you subtract out nine months. There's still a length of time before they pulled the trigger. Uh, the Rock, even in the beginning, he he sucked and whatever, right? But from the time he started getting hot, which is when he joined the Nation and all that, it was still like a year till he got the belt. Yeah, but he was basically. But it was only a year. Okay. I'm just telling you, I'm just saying, LA Knight only started getting hot. And the Austin thing a is not a ago. good, it, you're not, it's not a good argument because they should have given the belt Austin sooner. They could have made a lot more money for a lot longer. Because <laughs> you saw with Austin, I mean, he only had a few years. So we're in the same situation with LA Knight. He's but only things got a are, few okay. years. Okay, we, we keep saying that. But here's something else I want you to think about. Austin's run at the top was what, 96 to 03? And really it was like 02. So six years. Seth Rollins has been WWE proper for 10 years and he's still going. 
Kevin Owens has been in WWE now for what? Eight years? Seven years? Yeah, I get it, but that doesn't Timelines make... are way different than they were years ago. But even if LA Knight's got 12 years left, there's no reason to punt on making money for the next six months, is what I'm what I'm saying. Sure. He's it, not getting any better. He's 40 years old. Here's He's a question. been great for years. I, is LA Knight... If LA Knight was champ today... If if let's pretend let's fantasy book let's pretend LA Knight won the 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 briefcase money in the bank let's pretend he cashed in on Raw okay as of today he's the champ is he making WWE more money now than he would have been if he didn't yeah I mean he's about to come out with a yeah shirt um him wearing that shirt with the belt around his waist is going to push those shirts. So absolutely, in my opinion, I, 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 there's I, a problem. Too. I, I completely agree with Alec, but, you know, I made this point way back when we first started this podcast, and I think it's still plenty relevant. And it's that WWE will shoot themselves in the foot to keep telling a story with whatever guy they want it to be, whether it's Roman Reigns or John Cena, they will keep pushing that guy to the detriment of all the other talent and then at the end of the day go, we don't have any fucking stars. That's always what they've done. And granted, they are making stars with the bloodline right now, but it's gone on for way too long. And it's got like, I can't. They're not making fathom the how idea. How much more that over this... are the Usos going to get? They're a tag team. They, they've already peaked. They're that's my more that's over. my point is I don't know how much longer this can go on for. I can't fathom a world in which they they this runs until WrestleMania and Cody gets another match, which is what is apparently penciled in. It is completely dumbfounding to think that this is going to go on until next April. It's it's actually I think impossible. Like there's no way they're going to be making well, money it's, on it's it. It's easy. Then. They just give you like five minutes of storytelling every episode, right? Roman's on every fourth show. So that's how you do it. You just don't need to watch most of the show. That's what they're doing is they're conditioning us to, oh, don't worry. You don't need to watch most of the shows and you'll be fine. Yeah, just watch the two-hour recap so, on YouTube. It's just so dumb because they have so much talent that could be world champs. They This could be like an attitude era where the title's jumping from one person to another rather well, quickly but everybody feels big time everybody feels over everybody's selling merch but instead it's just waiting on roman to show his face and it, give us a little bit of story and that's a key point and this is matt to your earlier thing about okay uh la knight cashed in on raw and won the belt is he making wb more money the answer is no because the belt has no value on raw the world heavyweight championship means nothing it's made up they gave it to rollins who we all know is a b player Right. That's what they've told us over and over again. See, all he does is lose to the A players. So that belt to me. That's another reason I'm glad he didn't win the briefcase is because I don't want him to be the world heavyweight champion. It's not a good it's it's not the belt. We know what the belt is. Everybody knows who the champ is. It's not Rollins. But it's another issue that WWE has where very few things outside of either world title feels like the main event. I mean, the intercontinental championship, it's a real belt with real lineage held by a real man. 
Yeah, it, it, there are times where you can. You and can that make McIntyre that Gunther match is gonna be huge. Put that motherfucker on last at SummerSlam. Let's go. I just think that it's frustrating. You have a guy like LA Knight, who's a new hot star who could be world champ. He's that over. You've got Finn Balor, who it's unbelievable that he hasn't had another shot at it. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. You could have had Nakamura years ago. AJ Styles is just sitting around waiting on shit to do. You have so much talent. Fucking Lesnar and Cody just like are fucking. Yeah, I mean, Lesnar could win the belt tomorrow and move fucking tickets. Yeah, so it's just like. We're just. Those guys, when they're not doing anything with the title, it feels like they're doing nothing. And by the way, it's just a weird conditioning that belt. What I'm arguing for is put the guy in with the other big stars. That's what I'm saying, right? It's mm-hmm. not that Roman needs to drop the belt. It's why is he still fighting with the Usos? Why are we having tag matches with the Usos still? When, you know, the storyline had run its course back in Mania. We're three months later and we're still telling the same story. The filet is well done at this point. It's overcooked. You burnt it, bro. It was overcooked at WrestleMania. It was overcooked the WrestleMania before that. They just keep this just keeps going. Yeah, they took the key ingredient out of the bloodline story and put him in a tag team with Kevin Owens and made them fucking, you know, jokes. So. Yeah, they're like not even Sami Zayn was the most over person in WWE like six months ago, and I'm not even sure what it is he's doing except like fucking with Imperium right Right. now. So all this is to say L.A. Knight didn't need to win the briefcase, but he also doesn't need to be working with Austin Theory for fighting for a belt that nobody cares about. Put him in with guys who are actually over so he can get more over, right? Put him in with, you know, put him in with Gunther. Put him in with Cody. Put him in with actual stars. That's all I'm proposing. I'm not saying, Matt, you're right. Stone Cold didn't win the belt for a long time. He was also wrestling Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, the top guys. That's how you get guys over. You don't get them over by having them work with 22-year-olds who don't know what they're doing. Well, that's why I think LNA should take the title off of him and then go make it relevant. I think that could be helpful. Unfortunately, it's not... But then you're not helping LA, LA Knight, Knight get over. You're trying to make LA Knight get other guys over. And that's not what you need to be doing. Well, not if LA Knight takes the title and then defends it against guys like. Who, uh, Grayson Waller? Well, no. I don't know. AJ Styles. Hopefully, if Randy Orton ever comes back, that would be a good one. You got you to find people Man, you for just him to work like for. Two guys who are just so... I just can't imagine a scenario where... And I love AJ Styles in the ring. I just can't imagine a scenario where those two get on the mic to sell a program and AJ doesn't come out looking, you know, ridiculous, you know? Like, I feel like LA Knight's to the point on the mic where you got to put him with other guys who can also talk or he's just going to end up burying them. But who is, can that really be other than, like, Kevin Owens? I think Sammy would have been a fun feud for maybe, LA Knight. Yeah, I mean, if he's Sammy. a baby face, you can put him with... Uh... Man, it's tough. They just don't have a lot of good heels right now in the company. Um, you've got the Judgment Day, but those guys can't talk. 
That's why Rhea has to be in the group. Right. So say Rhea is the only one who Rhea can talk. has other things she needs to be doing, but she's got to stay in judgment day so she can keep selling their programs. <laughs> um, I, I even actually, I love to say this. I don't hate to say this. I don't think Roman could, can, can hang with LA Knight on the mic. I don't think Roman can hang with most people on the mic. I think he hides behind the fact that he's got mm, that whole group and he has all these accolades, but his mic skills are like, he says like a few things. Roman's gotten so much better on the mic. I mean, I, he's, I don't think he's, he's gotten like better a, at saying his few things. He's not an all time talker or anything, but he's perfectly workable. Yeah, I think he's definitely he at is. like the Bret Hart level, right? Where it's like, you're really, really good in the ring. You're a lead in the ring. You just got to be passable on the mic, right? That's right. That's my my thing with it is that. like he works as an imposing figure, you know, against like, you know, his family, right? Like it makes sense there where it's like he's got this power over them because of the, the whole dynamic there. But like he goes up against LA Knight. LA Knight's just going to be like, your family sucks, bro. I don't give a shit. Well, What's he's Roman going to do? No, Andrew, you're <laughs> wrong. He's got power over everyone because he's literally bigger and stronger than everyone. That's, I mean, wrestling fundamentally is like, oh, I believe that guy could beat up the other guy. And but like, how is that like, that. yeah, but how many times did somebody like say that to Stone Cold? And he's like, I'm going to kick your ass, though, pal. Well, no, because <laughs> nobody thought someone could beat up Stone Cold. That's why Stone Cold got over. It's like, well, obviously, this guy's going to kick I mean, that like, dude's ass. All I think about is like the rock had his shtick, but eventually he had to run a foul up CM Punk and CM Punk was like, well, I'm God. So I'm going to kill you. Like, I just don't know that like you can Roman's got his things, but can he really compete with somebody that creative? I think if you put Roman in a program with LA Knight, they'd both be way more over. Sure. I think, I think I it just, would I think business. it will be obvious that LA Knight is the better talker. I do feel shot. like, I mean, LA Knight, as a baby is not the best thing because who matches up with him as a heel, right? As a baby, I think there was more or him as a heel. I think he had more babies he could go up against. Um, the problem is WWE only books heels to lose and LA Knight really needs to, win. I know he had a couple wins over, you know, random dudes on a SmackDown, but like he really needs to win matches and they're just not going to let him win matches if he's a heel. Because unless you're Gunther, you don't get to win matches. The one basically. thing I'll say, though, that should give us a glimmer of hope is the fact that WWE essentially turned him baby. And that's because of the fans. WWE just certainly didn't give a fuck to do that. That was because of the reactions he's been getting. And it's one of the first times in a long time where we saw an organic change because of the fans. Like We haven't really gotten that in, in I don't know. Who's the last person that changed rapid, relatively rapidly because of the fans' reactions? Kevin Owens. Sa- Sammy. Okay, Sammy. Yeah. I mean, granted, it was but, it was three or four months, but in in Roman Reigns' years, it was like three weeks. <laughs> the, the thing about uh, L.A. Night, and it's a thing that happens a lot, where the people that organically change are the people that are just really good on the mic. Cause if you're really entertaining, people will cheer you no matter what. I mean, remember when Kevin Owens had to literally go heel to work with Steve Austin, he had to resort to cheap heat to get booed. He just shit all over Texas. He didn't even, well, I mean, all he had to do was stand across from stone cold and he was going to get booed. 
but I don't know. I I mean, I guess so. You run a foul stone cold, you're going to get booed. Sure. You're right. I mean, he really had to like go back to the basics to, to get like that goes back to remember when he won the U S title and he started wearing a suit and like saying very little is because that's how he was going to get over as a heel because he's too damn entertaining. He's always going to get cheered. Yeah, it's funny you bring that so, up. So, like, L.A. Knight because... can't be a heel because he's so entertaining. People are going to cheer him. It's the Stone Cold thing. Like, it's hard for Stone Cold to be a heel because he's so good. Even when he was a heel, it was like, it's fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin, though. Um, Yeah, no, I think the best way to handle the L.A. Knight thing is to have him do all the same things he's been doing, but have him face guys that you want to get booed because they will end up getting booed. Um, but it's funny you brought up Kevin Owens because he's one of my biggest like bones to pick currently with the landscape on raw. I feel like Kevin Owens is undermining. He's like zapping Sami Zayn's overness. Like they've got to get Sami as far away from Kevin as they can. Like, I don't know this like whole like quick to anger gimmick that they're doing with Kevin. Is it working for you? It's not really working for me. It was entertaining a little bit, but now it's like a gimmick. It's the thing that WWE runs things that are fun into the ground. Every time you see something fun, they run it into the ground. So they're just going to keep doing it. And it's it needs to stop now because now I don't like I'm like, I don't know what to associate the two of them with. It feels like they have no momentum. They just have that gimmick that they do backstage. Man, it really felt like the best thing to do with LA Knight would have been to put him in a program with uh, with uh, Logan Paul for SummerSlam. It, I don't know why they're giving that spot to Ricochet, of all people. but Because they're going to do more flippy-do shit. Yeah, I, I think LA Knight and Logan Paul could have really sold some, some tickets. And, I mean, LA Knight's one of the few guys on the roster that I actually think could, like, fight Logan Paul. And that's part of the weird thing with the Logan Paul thing is we know in real life he's very, he's a dangerous, capable fighter. So it's like... Right, so why is Ricochet the yeah, guy? Yeah, you know what I mean? It, it's hard to... You know, I was... You could sell me on the Rollins thing, but I feel like you've he's just so physically large that you've got to put him in there with other like grown men. Well, and that's one of the things about LA Knight that I think's helped get him over is the fact that you look at LA Knight and you go, well, that guy could beat someone's ass, right? LA Knight looks like the guy yeah. when he says things on the mic, you believe it. Cause he looks the part, right? And that's mm-hmm. a big part of it. Right. And it, it's also a testament to him behind the scenes that he puts in the work to look the part at 40 years old. So I, yeah, no, I think his believability factor helps him quite a bit. Um, you know, they've got a lot of guys on the roster who, and you saw it with Gunther too. As soon as Gunther dropped the weight and took his physique seriously, it's like, okay, we're going to reciprocate that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they have. It, it, I mean, it's honestly, it's happened a lot of times. McIntyre, right? He mm-hmm. came back jacked to the high heavens and Vince, you know, got a hard on for him. And Jinder Mahal. Yeah, it's a bad example. But I, I do think no, it matters. It's a, it's a perfect to, example, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I do think it matters to be believable if you're going to talk shit the way LA Knight talks shit. Not right. everyone needs to be, right? Dom doesn't need to look like that because he's playing his role. He looks 
right for the part he's playing. Right. Even Cody. Cody doesn't look like he's going to beat you up in a fight. Like most guys will look at Cody and go, yeah, I got a 50, but he does shot. look like an underdog. Right. And so he they're does telling look like an underdog. underdog story. So it works for Cody. It never worked right. for Cena. Right. That was always the problem. With <laughs> Cena is it's like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, so I think it's all about, you know, casting the guys in the right roles for the talents that they have. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely an advantage for LA Knight in the role he's in right now. I think if you're going to talk shit like that, you've got to have believability factor. So I want to circle back. She mentioned McIntyre, and he's a good example of how doing the right thing with a guy who turns babyface can go wrong pretty quick. So <laughs> it's a slippery slope, right? Right now, LA Knight's kind of doing the same thing. He's just targeting heels, and that's good. McIntyre that's can't what help that COVID happen, though. No, like, the, the issue with McIntyre... And... No, the issue with McIntyre was not because of COVID. It was because they had him keep doing the same thing. He was just a big, scary killer. But he just started targeting the, the bad guys. But eventually, it was like, oh, we got the sword thing, so now you gotta have the sword. And you're not smiling enough, so you gotta smile more. We're gonna... We're going to update your music so there's a fucking sword sound. You're going to have fire effects. And you're always going to do the same things. It's going to start getting a little bit more bland. And it's it's only a matter of time before LA Knight has to like come out with a gigantic microphone that says, yeah, so they can sell it to kids. Yeah, I mean, that all falls on the it. performer. It's, all, it's up to the performer to, you know, take some agency over. I mean, this was the love or hate CM Punk. This is what he was always good at is when they wanted to market something about him or run something into the ground, he wouldn't put up with it, right? He would shave his facial hair and like redo his hairstyles on a weekly basis, specifically to fuck with Vince and the marketing department. I mean, it comes down to the performer being like, no, I'm not going to have a big sword. But, you know, I'll give McIntyre credit. Presumably, he went away for the last several months because they didn't have anything for him. He's like, no, I'm going to go home. And now they've got, you know, something for him. And, and I hope that any... he I hope that he signs again, but I hope that he keeps signing short term deals so that he has more agency over what he does because he's a big enough star to do that. And I think that he would benefit from having more of a Roman Reigns schedule because he's a guy that's believable and has enough staying power that if they start letting him go into that, they actually would have a guy who feels like a big deal when he's on TV. Well, so should we move along now to the IC title match? It's a little bit out of order, but we're we're on the topic. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the match itself is pretty good. I, Riddle's yeah. capable in the ring. He's not doesn't do it for me. I'm glad they didn't give him the belt. And I think we're clearly moving to something really good right here, right? I mean, yes, McIntyre and, and Gunther have all types of chemistry, and I think McIntyre has a lot of the same positives that Sheamus has. But he also brings a lot more to the table on the mic and with the character work than Seamus does. I think he's he's a bit of an it's it's almost like a bigger villain for Gunther to overcome, even though Gunther's the heel. You know what I mean? It's like he leveled up in bosses. It feels like it's right. it's a natural story progression, too, because the it felt like what we learned through the WrestleMania program was that Gunther kind of dodged the one on one match with McIntyre in the first place by Seamus getting back in Gunter conquered Seamus and, and survived that feud. And it was seeming like McIntyre was next up and he was actually kind of worried about that. 
Yeah. And then he sort of survived that triple threat match. And so now it feels like, oh, this feels like it was planned out. They thought it through. They knew that we were getting to this. And so it's funny to think that all these dirt sheets were like, oh, McIntyre's done. It's like, I think that that was bullshit from the start because this felt like a natural progression that had been building for like six months. And now we're here. Yeah, if you look back pre-WrestleMania, it's obvious once they set up the triple threat, it's like, well, I'm sure at SummerSlam they're going to do McIntyre and Gunther. But yeah, they set up the triple threat because Sheamus deserved a big spot at WrestleMania, and it was fucking awesome. But they did it but, the right way. McIntyre yeah. went away, and if they tell the story well, you can convince me that this is the rare opportunity to have a match where I don't know who's going to win, and I'm very invested to see who's going to win. Yeah, because right. I feel like McIntyre is a guy who could take the belt off Gunter without Gunter taking a huge hit, and then Gunter can move on. Because it's about time for Gunter to go ahead and win the world title, to be honest. Yeah, and here's the thing. Nothing against Sheamus. Sheamus is a former, what, two, three-time world champ. But McIntyre is a more recent world champ, and if you if you were comparing world champs like McIntyre probably ranks a bit above Sheamus as far as cachet from from that being a world champ so now you can have Gunter you know feuding with a world champ getting some wins over him over the course of the thing blah 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 right it 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 gives Gunter more stuff under his belt even if he ultimately loses the feud because he went toe-to-toe with a former world champ yeah, I love Sheamus, but let's recap his title runs. He <laughs> he he lucked into pushing John Cena through a table. He kicked a distracted Daniel Bryan in the face uh, for a surprise win at WrestleMania, and he cashed in on uh, defenseless, like distracted Roman Reigns to win his most recent world title. I know that there's some more in there, but like McIntyre beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. This is a very different. Yeah, they, they, they obviously made the right treated. call not giving him the belt. Um, when does Gunther pass Honky Talk Man? It's, I think, before SummerSlam. Because that, that's going to be the key. If it's not before SummerSlam, and I kind of hope it's not, this could really go either way. Because it's like, sure, they could take the belt off Gunther. It could be a good opportunity to do it. Or is McIntyre leaving? Is this his last match, right? Do they want Gunther to win to hold the belt and break break the Honky Talk Man's record. You could potentially have a lot you, of... Uh, did he already pass it? September 6th. It's a, a little while away. The thing with yeah. McIntyre, though, is they said that the contract stuff, they said it on TV, it's a lie. So they're telling us that he's sticking around. Uh, right. I don't know if that's totally okay. true. But either but... way, I think if Matt's intel is correct, that puts in play Gunther winning. So now we get At to have SummerSlam. a match. Yeah, now we get to have a match where we don't know what's going to happen, and it's very intriguing. And it is intriguing because I could see WWE sitting. They've broken a lot of records, but I could see them going. No, we need to have at least one record from back in the day. We can't break everything. Of but all I could people also to see... have a record from Honky back in the talk, day, man. but it's like Jesus. literally the it's the last one. <laughs> everything else, no. That's Bruno San Martino's like twelve year reign. Is yeah, the but last that one's one. that one's completely unreasonable. It's just never going right. to happen. But they're even teasing the potential of like Hogan's getting, which should be impossible. It's still like what too. a year or two away. Uh, I like... think uh, Roman would have to go through WrestleMania and then through SummerSlam again. <sighs> Good Lord. Oh, I can see that for sure. 
I could, I could see yeah, that. that. That's the thing is they're they're really playing with the idea of maybe even and that, that gets one. you that gets you more to the MJF timeline. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's this is all leading towards. <laughs> um, no, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And you know, McIntyre loses. That could be okay too because maybe he's just going to go after the world heavyweight championship. Who knows? I don't know. Anything could happen. You got great guys doing great guy things. So we skipped over the women's tag match. I don't know if there's much to discuss here. It was, you know, fine. It's intriguing. Yeah, no, I, I'm intrigued by the budding feud between Shayna and, and Ronda. I mean, obviously, Ronda's time is coming to an end. It looks like they're going to have a one-on-one at SummerSlam that may or may not be the end. And that's fine. Um, what are what are our thoughts on Ronda's second run? Because, like, it's kind of been lackluster. Yeah, but, I mean, WWE did the right thing. Ronda, her heat died, and she really isn't that good, and they put her in a spot where she belongs. And, yeah, you can be like, oh, Ronda's mystique is gone. It's like, well, yeah, in hindsight, it's all gone, but it was dying before they put her there. It was dying before she even joined WWE. Um I, sure, I think, but I mean, we we're not going to pretend like she wasn't crazy over when she got here. The first, that first, I won't say the year, because once you got past that first rumble, going into Mania when everybody was getting behind Becky, it died. Right, everything with Ronda died at that. Yeah, point. and then she vanished, and when she came yeah, back, it's it the just ultimate. Wasn't the it's the ultimate. Right. It was a gimmick. It just was. Well, it's just like the Goldberg. It's like it. Think about it. It's a lot like Goldberg and the streak. While the streak was going on that first year, it was like, oh, man. Well, Once the streak was over. Mad. Goldberg was crazy over to the okay, dying I, I'm day just, of WCW. I'm, mm, when he I was on TV, he was over. Do you not remember when he turned heel? Okay. Do you not remember when he when started he was coming a baby out fucking face. Metallica? When he was a baby face, or Megadeth? he was over. I mean, day one, he <laughs> stepped foot into WWE, he was over, and he was over all the way until sure. the fans shat on him at uh, and look, 20. Rhonda, if Rhonda comes back in a, a year or two, she'll probably be over when she first comes back. And I'm not going to even say that the, the run was mishandled. It was just weird. She just, I don't want to shit on her, but here I go. Hmm. She just can't talk. She can't sell a program. Half of See, being a wrestler is being able to sell a program to get the fans invested in the match that you're going to be having. She couldn't get people invested in she her She needed matches. a manager. Yeah. yeah, and WWE did her no favors by not getting her manager because... Sure, she could have been a Paul Heyman The simplest guy. solution is have her come out like standing like an MMA fighter and have somebody say, Ronda Rousey kills people for a living and she's going to kill who so-and-so. No, you're that's right. That's all it's you not, needed to it's do. It's not her fault. Well, no, hold on. There's a lot <laughs> of mean, accounts that she didn't really take it seriously. I don't know how true that is, but... She I took it seriously so. up until she took it seriously before the initial run. But I've heard a lot of accounts that she wasn't really trying to get better once she came back for the second run. I, but she was I, like, I, oh, I, I was the champ. I made a better mania, that sort of thing. I waffle on that because in her time back, according to the dirt sheets, she's the one that pushed for a lot of things to help other people having matches with certain people to help put them over. Uh, giving Liv the belt, having letting Liv pin her and all that stuff. So those were things that she pushed for. 
So uh, yeah, I mean it's all speculation, right? If we're right. reading Meltzer, it's probably all made up. We're probably both wrong. God. But I, I hear I, your I, point. Who knows? Yeah. Look, I don't want to shit on her, but it, it was just weird. It, it, I I hope she comes back because I enjoyed her in general. I you know what the problem was when the second run she was showing up on regular just Raw Smackdowns just like just there and it was like you're not special any like her specialness went away like Brock Lesnar has not lost his specialness yet Brock shows up occasionally I mean does part thing. of it is Brock Lesnar is one of the all time greats at sure. being a wrestler like he just knows how to work the crowd look I mean. Lesnar shows and all the Cody thing on. So jumping ahead to Monday night, he comes out, attacks Cody, the way he sells for Cody, the, the way he walks down there. He's just good at keeping people invested. He's just, good. yeah, he's not that great on the mic per se, but he's got insane charisma. Yeah. He's just, some people have it. I just wonder if Rousey ever really had it. Like if the crowd wasn't crazy popping for her, was she doing anything specifically that could have got? Could she have gotten over without previously being an MMA fighter? No, I was just about to say because Lesnar got pretend, over. You yeah, know, let's with pretend no pretense. Her and Shayna Baszler came into NXT together, right? With no prior MMA stuff on the big level, right? But there's no way. I don't think she gets over. And that's not an indictment on her. I mean, she just Mm-mm. has what. 50 matches under her belt or something. I don't know how many house shows she worked. Uh, a fair any. amount, actually. Okay. She's, but, but still. she's basically a rookie. She's a couple years into her career. It takes right. time. Unless you're, you know, a Kurt Angle or like one of these people who's an absolute. Or a Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. And those guys are rare. So, yeah. it's not to shit on her, but to your point, Matt, when you're like, well, Lesnar doesn't lose his mystique. I don't think it's just the amount of times he's on TV. It's he gets what he does over. when he is. Because yeah. even when it seems like Lesnar's fading out of favor, he just does something to get himself over, like the Cowboy Lesnar thing. Jesus Christ. Suplex yeah. City. He was getting stale going into that feud with Roman. Yeah. And then Suplex City becomes his thing. He's like, oh, I'm just going to suplex people 20 times. And the fans loved it. And he like, you know, he heard the pop. And he's like, OK, I guess this is what I'm doing. Everybody, everybody felt like him winning Money in the Bank was like such a, uh, this is going to be so stale. Who gives a shit? And then the boombox Lesnar thing got so fucking over. Block yeah. party Lesnar. I have loved this, this last five years from Lesnar. It's really changed the way I look back at his career. Um, Because you just as easily could have looked back. It's a lot like what happened with the last few years with Cena. You just as easily could have looked back at Lesnar's career and been like, Oh, he was like a Goldberg, overrated, given everything. But you look back, you look at what he's doing now, it's like, oh, well, I wonder how much he was, you know, just good back then and working us back then, too, you know? Do you feel like Lesnar's run at this point has made up for him leaving back in, like, 04? Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't think he ever had to make up for that. He's allowed to do oh, it. Well, from WWE's yeah, perspective of, like, the investment they made in him, they've more than tenfold gotten their investment back, right? Because at the time he left, it was devastating, right, to the company because they had invested time and money yeah, in Yeah, it would have been like if John Cena left after WrestleMania 23. It's like, are you fucking yeah, serious? Yeah, right. And I remember as fans, we were all like, what the fuck, right? And then 
and then he went and played football and was like, what the fuck? And then he came back and it was like, oh God, we're, we're, are we investing in him again? But now he's been back for 10 years. <laughs> he came back in 2012. Yeah, I mean, he's when he came back, they made him like years. fucking eat dirt for like a year before he actually started like getting back into killing again. You remember, you know he what? lost to all of the top guys that got over after he left. <laughs> Before he finally started yeah, winning Cena, again, sure everybody except CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, his podcast with on the Pat McAfee show, and it might have been about a year ago now, something like that. Getting to see his personality, hearing him talk about the business, you sort of it gave me a whole new appreciation for like, oh, he's got a really deep understanding of what he's doing, you know. Um. And even like the Lesnar comes in because he wants to make big money. He sort of put that to bed too, where he's like, I'm just having fun. I've got more than enough money. It's like, yeah, makes sense. And then you realize, okay, that was a gimmick too. Like everything he does, you, people talk about how kayfabe is dead. He's almost like up there with MJF in terms of kayfabe, right? Yeah. Guy's always because the, mis- the mystique is still there around him. Like everybody yeah, who assumes- knows what his real life personality is. Nobody yeah. fucking knows. We have glimpses of it, and we all assume that he goes up into a farm up in fucking Canada somewhere with Sable and his kids and, and kills cows and shit. But we don't really know. We just think that's what's happening. Yeah, and like, I mean, he turned face, and then you actually started seeing him in interviews. I think that's when he did Stone Cold. That's when he did the interview that Alec was talking about was while he was a face. As soon as he turned heel, it's like nobody even knows where he is. Nobody knows what's going on with him. Because that's because he fucking knows how to do the role he's not gonna go on a podcast and sound like a a swell guy when he's literally supposed to be trying to murder cody rose every week yeah you just realize how old school he is um that's a lot of talking for someone who was even on the show that we're reviewing yeah so let okay after the God, where the fuck were we at so there was the we were talking about the the women's women's money and then that okay i think we're done with the women's cody versus dom Okay, there, there's so not Cody, really much to touch on there, right? It was fun. It was fun. It was f- fun. I think Dom should have won. I think Lesnar should have been involved I, here, but whatever, it's fine. I don't think Dom takes any. Uh, I it, don't think Dom losing costs him anything. It is almost no, it better. doesn't. But it, he could have gained better. tenfold. Yeah, I think if it he is won. better. No, I think it's, it's better, better when he loses because then when he comes out on Monday to start challenging Seth Rollins, he's, and he's even like, more I'm big hated. shit. It's like, no, you're not. You yeah. just lost yeah, last night. His gimmick is he's bad, so (laughs) which is funny because he's actually pretty good. It's great. It's gonna work great. Trust me, we're getting there. Um, do we want to do women's money in the bank? We well, we also have what what else do we have? I don't know that there's much to say about it. it yeah, John Cena been... showed up. He teased WrestleMania in London, but didn't announce it because WrestleMania wants to get the city of London to pay top dollar for WrestleMania, I guess. So they just right. like advertised something that they're not probably going to do. Who knows? Uh, that was fun. Now we can it, That on. was now one of the biggest. The I'll say this. It is one of the biggest surprises in years. Nobody thought John Cena was there. He's uh, in fucking London. No. Why would he be hanging out in England? I did. Why did you think? He tweeted out two days before a picture of a piggy bank with like a coin going in. And so (laughs) he's a real son of a bitch for that. Yeah. No, so I had an inkling. So when his music hit, I was just like, oh, there he is. 
you guys need to stay off the internet. It makes wrestling a lot better. It was. It wasn't even on the dirt sheets. It was him. Yeah. Yeah, I just, but I mean, I didn't know about like, it. So. so of course, Cena. I got to have a very back. nice surprise. I was flabbergasted, and it was great to see Cena. I'm glad he kept his hat on because you know. Sure. Things are scary under there. Anyway, yeah, I got it spoiled for me because even though I said no spoilers, somebody sent it to me because they didn't think that that counted as a spoiler. I was like, all of this is a spoiler to me. Like, I don't know why you would tell me that. Was that was that one of us? No, not one of you guys. Somebody else. I couldn't remember if I. Okay, so now we're at the women's money in the bank, which is the only other match of consequence on the card. So and it was great. let's, Let's talk. So. It was really good. I did feel like one of the participants in there looked the roughest. And I hate saying this because it was Trish Stratus. Um, She's like 50 years old. Give her a break. Like she looked really good. But there were also a few spots where I was just like, oh, Trish, stop. Like, please don't. Please don't hurt yourself. Um, Is that just your brain? Like your, you know. You're seeing her, you know how old she is, and so you get worried when she takes bumps. Because when she yeah. was taking some of those bumps, I was like, God damn it. That, like, I was like, fucking rad. Because I know that she knows what she's doing. So I didn't look sure. at it and go, oh, Trish, you shouldn't do that. You're 50. I was like, damn, Trish is 50 and she's willing to do that. My thought coming out of this was, oh, she could do this as long as Mae Young did it and still look like that at Mae Young's age when she stopped doing it. I think for me, it's the fact that since I'm 40 and I'm closer in age to her than than y'all, I'm sitting there going, oh, no. Oh, those hurt. Oh, please don't do. Like, you know, like, it's old person recognizing old person and like, oh, please don't do that. That's that's bad for you. Um, But otherwise, I mean, the match was fucking great. And, and she's such a treat, by the way. Oh, my like, God. Before her, we move her, away from Trish, she is. God, what a fucking. She's a treat. The Great. thank you Trish gimmick is fucking amazing. The fact that we're getting, I didn't think we would get a run like this. I thought it was just a WrestleMania spot and we're right? getting just a whole program and it's so good. She's just well, remember, so unbelievably talented. Like, I, I don't know. You, you forget like a lot of the good stuff she did in her first run was not even in the ring, right? It was managing like Christian and Jericho and that whole love triangle thing. It's, She's just so fucking natural. I I I stop short of saying this is like a Shawn Michaels second run, but man, we're we're approaching that territory. It's like a Goldberg second run. It's like yeah. she's doing things you didn't know she had it in her. Right. It's just solidifying her legacy even further. And it, remember when she got drafted to Raw and we're all like, what the fuck? Why'd you do that? Why'd you waste a draft pick on someone that's not gonna be around? And yet She's on Raw like every week. Yeah, it makes sense now. Do we think she's going away after the SummerSlam match with Becky? I think so. It would be great to give her. Is she in the Hall of Fame yet? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It'd be great to give her a a singles match at Mania because she. I mean, I guess she did have. No, she had she had a few of those. Oh, yeah, she did have a couple. She had one of the best ever. Actually, I forgot about the Mickey. Yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. We, no, we ranked that in, uh, if you go back in our archives, uh, way back, probably about six, seven months ago. Uh, that was one of our top women's matches. Um, yeah. It, it, look, Trish is fucking great. This current run is great. 
Um, and honestly, she can keep going as long as she wants to. If she wants to stick around beyond SummerSlam, fucking go for it. I feel like she's going to disappear after SummerSlam, but I wouldn't be surprised if she pops up again at the end of the year for the Rumble for Mania season. Like, if she wants to get on that kind of schedule for the next few years, like, fucking do it. I mean, surely she will, right? Because she's going to have a singles match with Lita, which could be a disaster, oh but... God, you can't. Are are we going to pretend like Lita's just not going to come back after Lita Lita is, laid out she by She is Chris. clearly over the hill. That was one of my takeaways in the tag run thing. Was like she looks a step slow, and it's like makes me nervous that someone's going to get hurt in the ring. Sure, because she's just a step slow from where she needs to be constantly. I just I think we could get there, but I will say this Trish run is awesome. It it's so good that it makes me feel better about the fact that Zoe Stark is involved at all because mm-hmm. I have no interest in Zoe. Zoe Stark. Stark is very talented. She just needs she needs to something. learn how to work. She's so green, and I don't yeah. think her gimmick is fully established because I don't know what her gimmick is. My she, biggest t- my biggest takeaway from this show watching it was what who is Zoe Stark? She's got I, like this heavy metal. Like no, I think ideally Zoe Stark like, is like the female Damien Priest. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. But then like she's got that that music. It's sort of heavy metal, maybe like rock and roll, kind of rebellious and dark. But then she's dressed like Zelina Vega. So like, what is the gimmick? I don't get it because she once the match started, she looked the same as everybody else. No, I think the gimmick is she's she's a powerhouse. I think her gimmick should be that she's a powerhouse. That's fine right. too, but it's just I feel like there's a, a, her her like look in the ring and her presentation prior to that just aren't in alignment. Well, Batista, and was, I don't feel was like I know who she is when he first showed up. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's she's just fine Trish's for now. For now, and that's fine. That's a great place for her to be. I would argue it's a it's the best place for her to be is. Beatrice's heater. Yeah, she's rubbing elbows with top people. Right. And then by the time Trish goes away, hopefully enough has rubbed off on her that she can establish herself going forward. So um, we need to talk about EO. Because uh, we're, we're an hour and ten minutes in, and yeah. she's probably the star of the night. Yeah. Every spot she had in the match looked phenomenal. Um, what was the one? One of the times she did the flippy do off the ladder, I was scared. I don't remember what because she did a flip to from the inside to the outside, right? That was one of the spots. I mean, there's only like three spots in the match total, but there Maybe was four. one of the spots where she got up on a ladder and jumped off, and it was like, "Oh my god, where are you going?" Because I don't know where I don't I can't tell your trajectory. Well, I know, didn't she do a backflip on just, like, all the people? Yes, where Zoe Stark caught her legs so that she didn't clip them on the barricade. Yeah, and it, it was it was really well done. WWE's really good about when they do those spots. Everybody got into place, like, right at the last second, and it made sense why they were all in there. So it didn't feel really random, like, you know, when they do the big spots and they got to have a huge group of people to catch somebody. Like somehow even something as innocuous as that, like, you know, that that has to happen for her to do that spot. They found a way to make it actually make sense that they were all there and they it happened quickly enough that it didn't feel like they were all just standing around waiting for her. 
And that also goes back to the production team making sure that they weren't showing the fucking crowd of people standing there for like right. five minutes. They kept the the camera on EO and then zoomed out right at the last second. So it felt very like, oh, shit, where did all those people come from? Right. Um, a lot of this match was really well put together. It felt like there was very few spots and every single thing was just in service of everybody telling their individual stories. And at the end yes. of the match, everybody's story progressed in some way or was elevated in some way. And that's really surprising from a money in the bank match. And given the, the track record of women's money in the bank matches, this was like completely different in how it was put together and it makes you wonder if it has something to do with the fact that Becky Lynch, Bailey, and Trish Stratus are all in this match, that they were probably instrumental in figuring out how to tell a story with all of this. I mean, you could probably mm-hmm. give credit to Eosky too, because let's be honest, Eosky is fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, when and it that's comes to that's in nothing the against ring, she's maybe the best out of all of them. Yeah, and it's Terms nothing against Zelina Vega and Zoe Stark for not being mentioned. It's just I haven't seen you know enough from them to be positive that they would be able to put together something like that. Yeah. I mean, so I Bailey's got what five out of the 10 best women's matches ever. Yeah. Bailey yeah. is the ultimate storyteller, but, but I, I have to imagine that Becky and Trish play a role here because Bailey's been in a few of these money, in the bank matches, and they were never as good as this one. So clearly multiple people well, got their hands in this part of it really great together. Do you think that part of it is because the men's match was such just a, car crash like a spot fest that this one by comparison felt so much more coherent well i also think, I, I think the that, stories going yes. into this one were a lot stronger yeah, everybody belonged Every, in the in the match. yes nobody's you didn't just have an outlier no reason i mean i guess zelina vega's thrown in here no she wasn't thrown in there i mean she doesn't really have a story with anybody in here but like but she had her own story that was sort yeah, of right. exactly. She had a, a journey of her own to to take. And that's like when she does that flip powerbomb spot, it's sort of like I felt like that elevated her story, which is trying to climb this mountain and take big risks and do like crazy things. Like she's trying to get over, really, is what it feels like. So like at the end of the match, everybody came out looking like a million bucks. Yeah. And the finish uh, with the handcuffs was genius. Um, and you knew when you, when you had Becky with the one on her arm for a few minutes in the match, you knew that that was leading to something, right? They were going to do something with it. And so for EO to, 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 I hesitate to say turn on Bailey because Bailey had just sort of turned on her. Right. So it's kind of a one upsman thing. Um, it was genius, and the image of of EO at the top grabbing the la- the briefcase with the other two locked in uh, that's a that's a memorable moment that we're gonna have. Um, so we also had Seth and Finn, which was fine, right? There was nothing special about the match; it was good. Um, and then Damien didn't Damien get involved? Sort of. He basically distracted Finn, which caused the Seth win, which is very interesting that they protected Finn here, even though he's the heel. Makes you think that Finn may actually beat Rollins and Priest may cash in on well, Finn in the future. And it's we'll also see. like, how many times can Finn lose without 
to just fucking fire him, you know? Because when was <laughs> yeah. the last time Finn actually got a pin over someone in a singles match of any importance? It's been five or six months. Yeah, he, like we thought that he was going to get a huge push, and instead he just keeps getting put in marquee matches where he loses. Which I is can't remember the last him. time he pinned somebody on a pay-per-view. Who was he? He had a series of match. Oh, Edge. He beat Edge finally, didn't? No, Edge no, he beat did. him. He, yeah, he beat, beat him. him one time in the uh, I Quit match because but Edge won the, the shit out of Beth yeah. Phoenix. <laughs> no, Finn hasn't won clean in maybe since he joined the Judgment. I think Finn slowly turns face and beats Rollins. Yeah, I think Finn is going to turn face really hard whenever he goes to AEW and becomes their champ. That's what I could have going to turn face. Oh my god. Um, Alright, let's move on to the main event. So this was the Usos versus uh, Solo and Roman. This was the Bloodline Civil War. Uh, The match was fucking great. Um... I will just say, though, it felt like any Roman slash Usos main event match, right? It had that same feeling that we've we've had these matches now many, many, many times, even if it wasn't this exact configuration. So it was just kind of like, okay, 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 until you got to the Roman ref bump. <laughs> you had the fucking Roman ref bump which you knew was going to happen at some point, and it did. And I loved it because the ref had an audible, ah, uh, as he got hit and flipped over the rope. So that was funny. Um, and then ultimately, uh, the Usos, uh, Jay pins fucking Roman. Roman takes his first pinfall loss in three over three years. Um, where do we think this is going? Um, I think we're going to get a match with main event Jay versus Roman, but I don't think main event Jay is going to win the title, uh, which I think is stupid because what, what, how do the Usos win or beat Roman without taking his title, but somehow they're going to tell the story so that Roman can go to fucking WrestleMania with the title to fight Cody. And it's kind of weird. I liked this moment. I thought it was great. I like that. Instead of having Roman lose for the first time with the titles, which is like an all or nothing, it would have been awesome. But I, at this point, they've been telling the story of how it's slowly crumbling. So this feels yeah. like the right thing to do to have. Now there's another thing that he's lost. Right. There's a chicken well, right now. It's the title. It's right up. for the story, but it's the wrong decision. Because then when Roman finally does lose, it's going to be telegraphed to all fuck. And you're going to lose out on having the big moment. And it's going to be next year at Mania to Cody. You yeah, know what I mean? Because the, part it, that's the, slow de- the slow descent movies. Okay, think about how you structure a movie. You don't do like a, oh, you hit the peak of the movie halfway through and then you have a slow descent towards the resolution. It's like, no, you go three quarters climax and then the movie ends. You don't climax in the middle and then just fucking slowly descent into the into the credits. It, it so I, I, I agree with that, but technically the last thing for Roman to lose is the title. So potentially if, if WWE is going to do this right, which um, we don't know for sure. If they want to stay consistent with what they've done, which is Roman is slowly losing one thing after the next, 
the next thing for him to do is lose to Jay at SummerSlam and lose the title. So that's the opportunity for them to swerve us is we don't think main event Jay is going to win. Fucking pull the trigger. No, I, I actually disagree. I feel like the best way you can make this not obvious as fuck is... First of all, I just wouldn't have him fight Jay. I don't understand why we need to keep doing this. I I think the way you get a second life out of Roman here is he sheds the bloodline and then goes back into being God mode. I think you set him up for the Cody loss only for him to beat Cody. And it's like, you're forgetting this guy's the best wrestler on the planet. And now he doesn't have all the distractions around him. And then you can get another like year out of this shit. Because think about it, all of his matches have been the bullshit bloodline configuration, the ref bump, Usos come out, mm-hmm. super kick someone. How refreshing will it be to see Roman with the belt, not with the bloodline, right? I think yeah. you can extend this. Yeah, but I'm all for to it. To be honest, though, when Roman was in God mode, even though it wasn't the bloodline, it was the bullshit ref bump, and then Paul Heyman did something. It's always been that way since he's had the title. No, that's, why, that's why I'm saying you have him beat Cody clean. You build up to the Cody match, and then you have him beat Cody clean. And it's so, like, okay, he cements his legacy as, you know. Yeah. I mean, Can that just look, not be at WrestleMania? Because I just don't want to do that. No, it needs to be WrestleMania. Because really... here's the oh, thing. Look, it. if you're going to have a guy who's about to beat, let's presume he's going to win at WrestleMania next year and go on and, and beat Hogan's thing. So, he'll be, so what, he only fourth? needs another year is what we're saying to beat a ye- Hogan. A year from now, basically. Oh, yeah, so to, I think so he's to me, going a year. Yeah, have him get the clean win at Mania to really establish that he's the guy, the fucking guy. Um, and but, then, hold on, do we need to really establish that he's the guy? He yes. fucking no, is, I th- he's I think, been no, for forever. I, I think for Roman's legacy, and this is coming out of kayfabe, Roman has never, ever, 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 had the one-on-one, no bullshit, the Daniel Bryan 30-minute match. He's right. never had that one. There's always some bullshit. And honestly, <laughs> Daniel Bryan's not available, but that would be the right opponent. You know, he needs that match. He needs to, like, put on a classic. He needs that marquee moment. Because for all of the main events that Roman's had, he's never really had a marquee moment where the fans were actually doing the right thing, you know? I think that doesn't happen until the inevitable baby face. Turn. Like it would be nice to have a baby face that we want to see win, like an LA Knight, go up against Roman and lose and everyone's pissed. And it's the outcome that they're trying to get, you know? I mean, or, or you maybe, know, turn I just think face. I'm, I'm fucking, I'm fucking sick of it. Just put the belt on somebody else. You got so many guys who you can't keep shrugging your shoulders and going, well, we don't have any other stars. It's like, yeah, because you don't let your fucking champion who's supposed to be elevating young talent is fucking fighting his family and tag team matches on pay-per-view. And it's a great story, but it's about time to wrap this shit up. I don't think it is a great story. That's what I was trying to argue earlier. I think they climaxed like six months ago. I've never heard of... I've never seen a story structure where halfway through the book, you've hit the peak and then it's just getting more and more boring on the second half. It doesn't like nobody structures their stories that way. It doesn't make any sense. 
Like, why do I need to read the last 100 pages of this? Yeah, no, I mean, the right thing to do would have been that the bloodline turned on him in the match with Sammy, and Sammy beats him because of it. Yeah. Like, everything crumbles down all at once. And then, and then you could have had, the yeah, sense. you could have had some insane stories coming out of that. You probably could have had Roman as a babyface by now, if he did that. Yeah, because all you gotta do is have Roman go away for, like, three months and then come back as a babyface. You should give him a break and then have him come back. Yeah, you could add so many good things, man. Sammy at the helm of the bloodline, and then Sammy slowly becomes corrupted and becomes, like, the villain. You know what I mean? And Roman becomes he the He turns into, face. like, the conspiracy victim heel again with the title. He becomes what he... It's like the it's like the story they should tell with CM Punk, where you've become John Cena now. Yeah. But uh, I mean, look, they didn't uh, look, I, do I hated this match. I thought it was really predictable. Uh, everything about it, it, it up until the pin, I did not think Roman was going to get pinned. But other than that, every other part of this match was very predictable. And ultimately, the pin really doesn't matter because the story is pro- progressing in the exact same way that we've all known it was going to progress. Right. We're heading towards the Jay Roman one-on-one match that as soon as they kicked Sammy out, we knew, okay, well, I guess that's where they're going with this. Yeah. Roman getting pinned is cool and, and all, but like the Usos were going to win yeah, it's, some it's, configuration of what this. Does and it we're do building for to the Usos? Roman defending the title. Against what does it do one for or the, both Usos? Of the Usos? What does it do for them? They're already the best tag team in, in WWE history. The question is, does it do anything not, for Jay specifically? Yeah, if, if they're not going to make Jay a singles, title? which they're not, then what does it do? Why did we waste that on Jay? Why did Sammy not get the pin? But that's the thing is, maybe Jay's going to win the title. Fuck, why didn't Cody get the pin? Jay's not <laughs> winning the title. And if he no, does Jay's win the title, winning. it's going to be a waste of a three and a half year story because as great as Jay is... Jay is not carrying the company on his back. It's not happening. Right, because the guy that's winning this can't just be a guy that, oh, this guy can be world champ for a few months. This has to be the guy. Okay, I hear what you're saying. But you're also, at the same time, talking about how WWE at every turn has made a weird fucking brain-dead decision. No, and not so weird. It, very predictably brain-dead decision. Yeah, so it's obvious that the fucking Vince has holes in his brain, and so they're gonna be like, okay, all the all like fucking three years ago, this all started with fucking Jay confronting Roman and being like, you're not being a real champ, you're being an asshole. It's and not. so they they've you know he's been talking about how they've had this planned out for however fucking long, and maybe that's just it. They're just no, gonna double it's, down it's, on main it's event. Cody Jay. Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is beating Roman. Just well, no, the, the rumor the rumor is they're still going to have Cody lose to him at Mania. Well, they might have him lose to Mania, but he's not losing until he loses to Cody. That's why Cody's not winning the belt from Rollins. But That's why, why Cody's not run back? Why run back Cody versus Roman if you're just going to have Roman beat him again? I don't why not? Just, I know. Why not just build up somebody else to lose to Roman so it's not so fucking deflating? I know why. If you time it right next year. And you maybe do SummerSlam a month earlier. Do it on July 4th. Go to the USS Intrepid. And Cody can body slam Roman (laughs) on the the Intrepid. And then we can launch into the Cody Express with him as the champ. 
fucking stars and stripes yeah, forever. I mean, if you're trying to tell an underdog story, having Cody just keep losing to Roman works, I guess. I Does it, though? Yeah, you know. Because to me, if Cody... I, oh, okay, look. Let's say Cody wins the Rumble again. And we, we gear up for Mania again. And we're all oh, like, fuck, okay. Is he winning the Rumble again? They ha- They're going to give him back-to-back no. Rumble wins. No, God actually, damn no. it! But the rumor, the rumor that I'd heard, and this is very early, so I don't know how much stock I'd put it, is that Cody will win the Elimination Chamber or whatever. the The person who wins the Rumble will go for the other belt, so they can establish that probably belt Gunter, something. right? That'd be fucking great. I'm down for that. Gunter seems like a good choice, man. Hell, I mean, what if you have Cody and Gunter run the clock again, not start at the beginning again? But Cody and Gunter come down to the final two again, and now Gunter wins. I'm I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, this sh- much like the Bloodline story, this show peaked much earlier in the night. Um, our show, our show, and the pay per view. I think. <laughs> like well. I think everything was peaking. You know, fifty percent of the way through. <sighs> Well, I think it's going to do it for us then tonight. Uh, please remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Such Good Shit Pod. Email us at suchgoodshitpal at gmail.com uh, and follow and rate us on whatever podcast listening platform you use. And then I'm going to go ahead and ask the question that I always ask and then always regret later is what, uh, what parting words do you guys have? Uh very, I'm so deflated. <laughs> like the more Alex says things, the more I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." WWE well, sucks. Uh, okay, and then also, like, do you even want Jay to win? No, I, Jay I make want sense. Roman's title run to be over more than I want anything else. I could care less who they <laughs> okay. give it to. See, and that's the problem. I'm just like, so bored now. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I, like desperation can't be your driver. You know. I never, I respected Roman and the way that he looks. I've respected the presentation, but I have never liked him ever. And I still don't like him. (laughs) I do not care about his title run. I never wanted him to be the guy. And every time I see him, I'm like, you suck. Well, he's clearly the right choice to be the guy. Sure. (laughs) Out of the options we had, I mean. Took him fucking eight years for him to finally be the guy. So what does that really tell you? You force something down somebody's throat long enough, maybe he'll finally fucking get it. Well, I just so think quite to the there. contrary of what Andrew's saying, I love Roman as the champ. I love Roman as the guy. I want to see this title run go as long as possible. As long as there are good, intriguing matches that he's having. And I feel like he's run through the field of everybody. So at this point, who's... Say he feuds with Jay for SummerSlam. Who's next? L A Knight. No, because L because Roman's not losing it anytime soon. So who's next to feed to him? Well, I'm just telling you what I want to see. That's the problem. Is every if everybody gets fed to Roman, then nobody can be better than Roman, and if nobody can be better than Roman, then nobody can be good enough to beat Roman. It's like a well, you know, we're fulfilling prophecy of like. Everybody has lost their mystique to Roman Reigns. If it's not Cody, it's Rollins. So Rollins will wear his high heels out there and dance around and and then win the belt. 
What if what if Roman turns face while he has the belts? So now a reverse he's losing to a, Punk. Now he's losing to Gunter. I think if he does a reverse fill and then goes another like two years, this could work pretty. Matt, nice I'm going to tell you right now: if Roman turns face and loses to Gunter, people are going to cheer Gunter because they fucking don't want to see Roman be champion. People anymore. love Roman. They do. People are Mark yeah, but Andrew. people people. If I'm telling you right fucking now, if they book. <laughs> Roman versus Gunter for the world title. Roman is not going to get cheered in that match. People are going to cheer Gunter winning that title because they That's would true. want to see okay. that. They That's will true. they will cheer anybody against Roman because they want that title run to be over more than anything because the moment of somebody winning the world title is so special and we have not seen one that felt real in 3 years. Look, I've I've been very consistent on this. It's not going to happen, but there is only one person in the business who is big enough to beat Roman. There's only one person who's worthy of a three and a half year build and it's MJF. And so Matt, to your point, until there's someone who's worthy of dethroning Roman, fucking keep the belt on him. What do I care? Sammy was worthy kind of, but it it was going to be a little bit rushed. I'd well, be happy if got... they circled back to Sammy, but if they're not going to do Sammy, then just don't fucking give it to anyone and wait till MJF's ready. Right. And here's the thing is you've got another world title for what it's worth. So like, go fight over that belt. Everybody else. My, but my point from earlier, b- before we wrap this up, is that nobody will ever be worthy because there is a huge glass ceiling between Roman Reigns and everyone else because of the way that they've treated Roman and the fact that they've buried every other potential main event star to keep well, no. Roman. I mean, whoever pins Roman for the belts will become the guy instantly. Yeah. Yes. He's the but one how do you the streak? But, but at the same it's time, like, it's you like say ending under somebody streak. has to be the guy to beat Roman in the first place. Not necessarily. No, there's somebody who needs to check all the boxes to where I feel like, you know, it, it, it's not like, a oh, he needs to be the guy in the eyes of the audience. He needs to be the guy in the eyes of the office. I don't know if they have that guy. I know they like Cody. Yeah, a lot, they don't but... have that guy because everybody got fed to Roman. And so the mystique no, for I, all of them is gone. Andrew, you're still thinking about from the perspective of the fans. I'm saying from the perspective of the office, I don't think they look at the locker room and say there's a guy who checks all the boxes that they want in their guy. Right. Who's got the right look, can talk, can work, can go on the talk shows, can work the schedule, you know, can be the face of the company. Right. Who's the next Cena? Because that's really what this comes yeah. down to. Rick. Roman's the guy now, but like, he's a I, heel. It, it, that's who's exactly the next, right. Who's the next baby face guy? Because it's not main event Jay. No. And, it, and I don't, and I don't think even think it's, it's Cody. Cody. No. I don't know who the fuck it is. It's a, Andrew, solve it. Well, the problem is, is that WWE thought they solved it when they hired Gable Stevenson because they put <laughs> all their eggs in a basket like 10 years too early. Yeah, it, and, it and they might don't know be, what the hell they're doing. It might be Carmelo Hayes. It might be uh, uh, Bron Breaker. Like there are, it might be Austin Theory. There are guys they probably like a lot, but I don't think there's anyone who they feel like, you know, 100% on. Otherwise, they would have taken the belt off Roman by now, right? Right. I think that's the... Uh, I think that's the conundrum they're in. I don't think it's an on-screen who's ready. They can get anyone ready. I feel like we've seen that with Cody, right? Like, it takes six months, you can get someone hot enough for the belt if you really right. want to. Well, 
that certainly went longer. Yeah, than those expected. are yeah, those are some good last words. So, uh, do you guys have any parting words? Now that we've said <laughs> our parting words, no. <laughs> Andrew looks just so pissed for. Uh, we don't have video, but trust me, he is. I just don't like Roman Reigns. I've never liked Roman Reigns. I'm tired of holding it in. I think he's so boring.